What it do, what it is, y'all, man. It's your boy, West African Floyd, man. Hollywood Floyd, Flizzle, if you know me from the hood. This is your boy from the Kickback, man. Another episode. I would play some music, but I'm not going to play no music because Facebook kicked me off by one time. YouTube be banning my stuff, so... You know what I'm saying? I'm just dry on here right now. But anyway, we have a very, very dope show, man. Very informative show tonight, October the 2nd, Friday, 8 p.m. We have a show, man. Y'all know what we're discussing? We're discussing domestic violence, man. Chris, what up, baby? We're talking about domestic violence. It feels a little weird while having any music. Man, what's up, Chris? Chris and Chris. What's up, Chris, man? Yeah, hey, y'all share the show, man. We're talking about Domestic violence, man. And this is on YouTube also. We streaming on YouTube right now. We streaming on the Kickback Podcast page right now. And we're streaming on my regular page right now. Anyway, but like I said, man, we're talking about domestic violence, which is a serious thing in every community. It happens all the time, but we seem to sweep it under the rug. And to be honest with you, domestic violence is not just a women a woman's issue. One out of seven men suffer from domestic violence. All right. So hey guys, y'all gotta step up too, man. If y'all woman out, if y'all, if your girl out there is putting your hands on putting hands on you, man, you need to speak up. You need to speak to somebody because you know that's not cool, regardless, man. No matter if she hit hard or not, she still don't need to be putting your hands on you. So let me say that stat again. One out of seven men suffer from domestic abuse you know but we're going to be talking about mostly women the women's issue and everything and stuff like that because this is very important because a lot of women are scared to speak up on it you know what i'm saying they're embarrassed uh they don't have no help they don't know who to go to and um so i have a few speakers coming on to talk about it i even have somebody who suffered from domestic violence Hopefully she'll come on later on. She's supposed to tap in. But this is the kickback, man. Y'all share it. Uh, we finna turn up. Well, we're not gonna be turning up. We're gonna be serious, but we still gonna turn up a little bit on a serious tip. Yeah, real talk. Nobody needs to put hands on nobody. And be honest with you, domestic abuse is not just physical, it's also mentally. It's mental abuse, also, too. <clears throat> so, I mean, mental abuse is just as worse. I think that's just how it starts, to be honest with you. Um it starts with a little mental abuse and then, you know, it starts getting physical after that. It kind of upgrades a little bit. So um, I have uh, Miss Bonnie from the Family Service and Women's Children's Shelter, which is like the Family Service Center of Southeast Texas. And she's going to tap in. She's going to let us know how you can get help and everything and all that good stuff, because there's a lot of people that don't know where to go to if they suffer in this kind of stuff. They just kick them out or they try to talk to their friends and their friends just shoot them back to the dude. You know, like, hey, y'all need to talk it out. Y'all belong together and all that. But, hey, after so many times of, you know, being abused mentally and physically, you don't want to go back to that person. I mean, you can't. I mean, that person that's keep, you know, sending you back there, you know, they don't understand what you're going through. So let me uh, let me let me get Bonnie to come on. She says she backstage. She finna tap in. I got them backstage, y'all. That's how we do the show. You just sit backstage, you chill, you have a couple drinks, you, you know, you relax, and then bam, you're on the show. But yeah, man, you know, that's domestic abuse. This is something that we we should talk about, you know. 
uh, because it happens all the time, man. And then when you see somebody get hurt or you see the guy get shot or you see uh, somebody get stabbed and then and then now y'all saying, oh, man, I can't believe they did that. Well, they was giving out warning signs. You know what I'm saying? So, friends, if y'all have somebody suffering from that, y'all need to y'all need to pay attention to what's going on. And uh, uh oh, let me see. She say she backstage. What she do? Uh, I don't even see her yet. Let me see. Let's see. Let's see what's going on. Uh oh, we having a little miscommunication. She says she's trying to come backstage, but they not letting her. Hey, security, let her come on the show, man. My security be wilding out, man. You know, let Bonnie come on the show. Security, security tripping. Bonnie don't have the pass. What's up? What's up, Shay? Hey, we tapping in. We talking about domestic um. Domestic abuse, domestic um, violence. And I have Miss Bonnie from the Southeast Texas. Uh, uh, the Family Service um, Center of Southeast Texas. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Oh, uh, man. Hold on. Let me see. I don't know what's going on with her. I don't know what's going on with Bonnie. Bonnie's supposed to be tapping in. Let me see what's going on. Let's see what it is. Uh... Let's see what's going on with Bonnie. She finna tap in. She's having some uh some problems. So let's see what's going on. Let's see what's going on with Miss Bonnie. What's up, Amy? What it do? I'm trying to see what's going on with Miss Bonnie. Something's going on with her camera and stuff like that. So, you know, we having a little issue. Sometimes we have a little technical difficulties and stuff like that. So uh, let's see. Hopefully she can get on. But if she can't, you know, that's going to be a bummer. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. Stuff happens. But, yeah, she's from the Family Services of Southeast Texas. She She deals with domestic abuse, domestic violence. And uh, she can help a lot of females because most of this stuff is free. If y'all have, a, if y'all need a place to go to, you know, this is all free. You know, all this counseling that they provide for y'all in Southeast Texas, it's all free. So, uh, let's see. Backstage is backstage must be popping, man. I, you know, I hear a lot of good things that be happening on in, on, on in the backstage on the kickback. Oh, you was on YouTube? Okay, well, hey, you should have commented on YouTube. Okay, yeah, we also streaming on YouTube also. So, hopefully we can get Bonnie to come in, man. If she can't come in, can't tap in, then, you know, <clears throat> we unfortunately, we might have to move on. Yeah, my tech department, you know, my tech department is some young interns, you know, young interns from the north. Uh, backstage. Dang, she backstage, man. 
get from the backstage and come to the front stage. This not um Jerry Springer. Uh, man, I don't know. I don't know what to tell her. She ain't tapping in. They say I'm backstage. Oh man, I ain't never been backstage, so I don't know what to tell her about being backstage. <laughs> Yo. I didn't see your comment on YouTube. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Your comment, oh, it did pop up on YouTube. Okay, yeah. Hey, what's up? Appreciate you, Lana, for tapping in on YouTube. All right, we on YouTube streaming. We turned up over there. Okay, let me see. Let's see. Let me see. Let's see what's going on. You backstage, okay? Uh, let's see. Okay, hold on. I think this might work right here. Let me see. Let me see. But anyway, I think I might just go ahead and um, move on from Bonnie. She tried, though. She really is trying to um, tap in and stuff like that. So we might just move on to the next guest. And then if Bonnie come in, you know, uh, if Bonnie tap in, then she can tap in. <laughs> oh man i don't know what's going on with bonnie maybe we should have did a practice i should have did a, a testing with bonnie or whatever but i think backstage is lit is turned up let me see only the host can add you the host man uh, oh i see what she's talking about oh i don't know what's going on with that part I'm not sure what's going on with that part. She said only the host can add them. She, I'm not stopping nobody from coming on the show. You can come in. Uh, 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 uh. But anyway, all right, Bonnie's supposed to tap in. I don't know what's going on with Bonnie's thing. It says she's backstage. I don't know. I don't know what's going on back there. Only the hosts might have it. I don't know what she, I don't know what's going on with that. But anyway, we got more guests. We got other guests that's tapping in. Yeah, the wings must be lit back there. I don't know. I don't be backstage. I guess it's my fault too, because maybe I should have did a walkthrough with her or whatever. But you know, I be taking care of so much stuff. You know what I'm saying? Getting so much stuff going, you know, that, you know, hey. You know what I'm saying? I can't I can't be working with a guest like that. I figure that, you know, this is the first time something like that happened with a guest. I don't know. Backstage is just so lit back there on the kick. Maybe I have to go backstage and see what's going on. Okay. Well, I don't know. I really would love to talk to Bonnie, you know, Southeast, uh, the Family Service Center. But anyway, I got another guest tapping in, man. It's not silent. She got her own. She got a. Uh, she got her own Facebook page too. To be honest with you, y'all need to go like the page. It's called Not Silent, and uh, man, she's very, very passionate about this. And, and I think October is actually, you know, uh, domestic violence, you know, awareness month. 
And um, so anyway, let me get in, man, because, you know, that's what we're talking about. Let's talk. About, hey, what's going on? What it is? Hey, what's going on? Hold on. Let me did, get you, to did you have any problems backstage? No, I didn't. I was really about to send you a message and say, hey, I'm backstage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't know what's going on with a backstage. Uh, it was popping backstage where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. I see you was waiting for this month to um, take absolutely, place. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wait all year. Really? All year. And you have your own page, too. It's called Not Silent. Not Silent. Not Silent. I'm sorry. Yes. So explain what that page is about. Um, Not Silent is pretty much um, something that I went after I got out of my toxic relationship and um, I made it through domestic violence. Um, and when people started becoming aware of what was going on with me or what may have happened, um, and I started sharing little snippets of my story on Facebook, uh, people were putting in my ear, do blogs, do blogs. And I was like, what's blogs? I don't, I don't even know nothing about blogs, but, um, I was like, in a way I need to be able to share my message with people or what I've learned just to speak more about it. So I just, uh, created a page on Facebook and, uh, started from there. And from there, I tell my story. I share other people's story. Um, I allow other people to come onto my platform to speak for themselves and voice, um, let their voice be heard. I like to connect with other people who are doing things to help spread domestic violence awareness. A lot of times people will make certain memes or quotes and they have no idea that that's on a level of domestic violence awareness, but I'll take their information and I'll share it. It's really just a, a platform that I'm trying to grow and let other people chime in on and let them know, you know, it's not all about me, the admin of the page, running it and uh, being specific about what's being on there, but it's for everybody just to be able to come get some information, hear a story, share your story. You know, get some love, however we can do it, but just make it aware and make it known what domestic violence is and, you know, the signs that we need to be familiar with. Why do you think uh, it's embarrassing to a lot of people and they kind of like keep it to themselves instead oh of telling like a family friend or something like that? Because it's disappointing. No, no one plans to go through that. No one, uh, no one plans to um, later get, see secret signs that you know this is the person that they love this is the person that they built a family with this is the person that you know um everyone was just saying oh you should be with them that's your high school sweetheart you know the world will make us believe that we are supposed to be a certain way without allowing us to um i guess study ourselves and determine how we want to be and what we want to have so i feel like people stay in because it's embarrassing to them they don't want people to know their business you know like they say, the entanglements. Everybody likes to hear about entanglements. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know. So, hey, guess who? Uh, Bonnie. She finally, she finally. Uh, she's here. <laughs> Bonnie, what's going on? Hey, I finally got hooked up. What What happened? What? How'd you How'd you figure it out? I don't know. I just kept going back and doing it again. And this last time I did it, it went through. And when I clicked on, I could actually hear her talking. <laughs> Maybe it's the link. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe it's the link. I, I, sometimes when I send the link a little early, you yeah. know, I have to send it like again for I don't know what's going on with that or something like that. But uh, I have Brittany. She has she's she's um she's on the show also and she has a page and she's a uh, very vocal. Uh, Hi, and, you know, Hello. Hi, awareness of domestic violence and domestic abuse. But uh, can you let people know uh, a little something about yourself also? 
Yes, I, my name is Bonnie Spots. I work for Family Services of Southeast Texas. We have the only domestic violence shelter um, for six counties here, and I am the director of community relations. Okay, and um, so as far as like what y'all deal with, are y'all open 24-7? Yes, we are. We're open every day of the year, 24 hours a day, and we have, an, um, you know, uh, answering the um, hotline. So um, where exactly are y'all located? Well, I can't tell you the location of the shelter. It's undisclosed, but the, our oh, offices okay. are at 3550 Fannin. The administration offices are separate from the shelter, but it's an undisclosed location because a lot of guys do come looking for uh, the mm. women that they're after. What about, what about the females wanting to go back or calling the guy and, they, and telling them? They do. There's a cycle of abuse, though. It's really... Um, it's a it's a head game, more or less, you know, and so this is a part they think they love this person. They think that, um, you know, that this person loves them. And many times they've grown up in um, abuse and it's normal to them. They think that's fine. I have a, a, a lady that came to the shelter and I knew her mother-in-law and I mm -hmm. said, I know your mother-in-law can't believe that her son is doing this. And so I said, go talk to her. I mean, she is a fine Christian woman. I know she's going to take up for you. She came back to me and said that when she went and talked to her, her mother-in-law said, baby, he's a good provider. In other words, shut your mouth. He's bringing home a paycheck. This is what we go through. You know, and I just thought, no, but so many generations have taught that if you grow up seeing your mom get beaten or your aunt or your sister or anyone, and you think that's the norm, that's just the price of love. You know, and many women have low self-esteem. This cycle breaks you down. You know, when someone's constantly saying, you're a piece of crap, you're never going to amount to anything. You're going to be just like your daddy in jail or like your mama. And just they talk to you so badly. And when you hear it day in and day out, you begin to believe that. Another one of their tactics is isolation. So they'll get you away from your family and friends. Before you know it, if there's any women listening, They'll start saying things like, you know, your mom doesn't like me or your dad doesn't like me. I don't want to go over there. They'll start isolating you and then they'll not want you to go anymore either. So finally, they kind of get you off by yourself and then they can really do their best work because there's no other voice speaking into your life saying, you know, you're valuable, you're important. Don't let him do that. And so they just get sucked up into it. Hmm, I yes, didn't know that. Hey, Brittany, do you, Brittany, do you have a lot of uh, females hit you, like inbox you and ask you? And, and and try to you know get assistance from you absolutely absolutely i think it's kind of hard i mean from a male's point of view i, I think it's kind of heartbreaking to to know that females go through this because you know i have a i have a mom i have a sister i have a daughter and to you know if something like that happened to them you know uh, it's just it's kind of hard to you know see somebody that you love go through something like that so as far as family, do you see a lot of like she's like um, Bonnie said, you know, a lot of family, they'll say something like that, like, hey, he's providing this and uh, you're leaving a good thing and, you know, starting over. You might have to can you pay bills by yourself and stuff like that. So, um, Bonnie, is there are there programs to help females, you know, kind of break yeah, there are from so that? Many programs and it's. 
it's a, a, a well-kept secret, evidently, but we've been around since 1931, and we have shelter services. We have a 65-bed shelter in Beaumont and a 17-apartment transitional living facility. We also um, have uh, 20 beds in Jasper right now, which is fixing to go to a 65-bed shelter. And the one thing I want everyone to know is every single thing is free because people get freaked out, and they're thinking like a lot of times women are not working or the man has made them not work, and so they have no money. They don't have a car. They don't know where to even begin. And so, you know, they come to the shelter. We provide them food, clothing, medical assistance. If they take medication, we'll help them get their medications. And the biggest thing is counseling and group therapy. In the group, other women who are going through the same thing as you are talking about it, and you just immediately will bond with them. And they end up helping each other. You know, they um, comfort each other. Uh, also in the shelter, we have all kinds of classes. We'll teach a self-defense class. We teach budgeting, child care, pretty much whatever they need if we have that curriculum. Um, and they can stay in the shelter for 30 to 90 days. At the end of that time, they have to have a job to qualify for the a residential program. And we do have case management there that'll help them get hooked up with food stamps, every kind of social assistance that they qualify for. And they'll also help them um, find a job. And so um, the transitional living program, if they get into that, that lasts 18 months. So really you have almost two full years to get yourself together. And a lot of times it takes every minute because when you come and you don't have a vehicle, you don't have a job, you don't know how to do a resume. Sometimes they've never worked or you can't work at Sonic and raise four kids. You just can't do it, you know. So we're trying to get them in better programs um, to where they can get a little education. A lot of times when they come, their self-esteem is about this big. So they think they're stupid. I found a program in Nederland that'll teach them um, things like to be a fire washer or a hole washer at a plant. Uh, the flagmen on the highway make $40,000. That's more than a lot of these people have ever made and can make, you know, just working around. And so we're trying to find programs that will really help them to where they can really get on their feet. Because you can't send a woman to somewhere making even $10 an hour and expect her to take care of four kids, even with every bit of assistance we can get her. It's hard. We've got to empower women. Um, uh, Brittany, what do you think is the final straw for a female to say, you know, I'm tired of this? Because, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, sometimes they go back. So. What do you think will be, make them say, you know what, this is enough. This is finally, you know, finally I, I need to, you know, I need to let this go because I might end up dying. It takes that, to be honest, because it I really? feel like uh, for me, um, I got to that point to where uh, when I was trying to be completely done with the relationship, um, the last explosion that I had, I almost lost my life, literally. And uh, that's what really gave me the courage to be like, okay, there's no going back because it's something about when you take your, when you're about to take your last breath, it's something about when you really face death, you'll take things a lot different than what you did before. That's kind of like, uh, you know, losing something that you never really uh, paid much attention to, but the minute that you don't have it anymore, then you understand that that's important. I need to cherish that and I need to make something happen, making sacrifice. Uh, when did you first notice it? What was like the first thing that you caught in your head and be like, wow, this ain't, this not right. Like, was it, him, was it mental abuse or something? Did he say something that made it like kind of, that started it off or was it just from zero to 10? 
Honestly, I feel like it was all kind of mental abuse. It, it started with verbal abuse, but those were things that I just was, I was looking over. I was, uh, I was stuck on hearing some of the things about, oh, if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to have a long lasting relationship, you just have to go through some things. So I thought that that went in the bucket of you have to go through some things and, um, you know, just trying to figure out, well, well, what am I supposed to do? How long am I supposed to take this? And it really wasn't until I got the first physical, um, uh, assault and then that's when I was just like wait this is something serious and like what I always like to share with people the fact that there's so many different names to domestic violence that's not spoken about that's what makes people just quickly sweep it under the rug or not think much of it as in if it was the terms used domestic violence then it would be more defined um what what was labeled the first time that I involved the um law enforcement they told me that I had family violence so I was just like okay my family, my family had a problem. I didn't know that that was domestic violence. It took me later on having to just keep going through it and studying it and start reading some of the paperwork that the doc, that not the doctors, but the hospitals and the um, police officers were giving me and recommending me the services that I'm pretty sure Bonnie uh, is with. You know, little little things like that would come up, and then it was like, okay. Um, some of the signs that you see up front, it usually starts with talking down to you, putting you off, calling you names. And then it starts with, you know, just grabbing your arm or squeezing your hand or giving you mean eyes. It's, it's gradual. In the beginning, there's a cycle of abuse that we know and it's identified. It starts off sweet or nobody would do it. They're charming right. you and it's everything you ever thought. And he's saying everything you ever wanted to hear. And so you fall into this thing. Also, they push the relationship as fast as they can. It's not a long drawn out thing. They kind of push it fast and they're madly in love. You can see the signs if you know what to look look for. Then look for things like if they have a temper, if they punch the wall or hit stuff when they're mad, if they throw things when they're mad, they kick the dog, they kick a hole, they're going to kick you too. <clears throat> it starts with those kind of things. You can see their temper. You can see their anger. And then all of a sudden it turns on you one day and you're like, wow, I thought we were in love and you know, you loved me and all this, but they're very jealous. They'll set you up in situations. They'll take you somewhere and and you'll be at a party around other people. And then it's stuff, the stuff that starts is like, I saw you talking to him. I saw you hugged him. You hugged him a little bit long, didn't you? Or I saw you. It's just like they're, they want to start an argument. They like it. They enjoy this. It's a control thing. It's not even about the physicality. It's about controlling the woman. And so that's why they take them away from their friends. You may hang out with his friends, but he's not going to want to hang out with yours because he wants to get you away where he can, you know, have the only voice in your head. Are there programs for men um, at, at your center too? Because I, I, you know, I, sometimes I think. Well, I'm not going to say sometimes I think, but maybe these guys don't know as far as mentally abusing the women. Maybe they just, you know, maybe that was how they raised or how they were talked to when they were kids. Are are there any programs for them for the guys to go there? There are. We have an anger management program, and we also have a thing called BIT, which is Batterers Intervention and Prevention. And that's, uh, I think, a 16-week course that they go through. And it's often ordered by the court. If the women report, the judge will usually make the men go to this class. And it, um, it has a pretty good success rate, actually. Uh, we do see some men repeat it. Um, but if, and part of our problem too is women are afraid to report because even if you get a protective order, it's literally a piece of paper. If he wants to beat you up, honey, he's coming through the door. He's coming however he wants to. And so they're scared to death. And even though if you call the police and you have that protective order, they're going to arrest him. He's going to get out. You know, you know the cycle yeah. and their fear is so great. They've been hurt badly. And so they're so afraid. They're afraid to report. So these guys are, we can't do it if the women don't report, but I understand why they don't. 
Yeah, and um, yo, and Brittany, with your your page, I just discovered your page, and uh, I want to help like promote your page because I think like you know, as far as domestic violence, I think it should be like I, I know it's like a month and the awareness month thing is you know kind of common, but I think that should be like maybe a twenty four, I mean a twelve month thing because you know. I think it needs to be talked about a lot because, you know, like I said, a lot of females go through this. I had a friend, she recently just went through uh, a domestic uh, violence situation where she had to, you know, tell, report it to the police officers. And uh, it was just sad, you know, the picture that she sent me. And and uh, I think a lot of, uh, I think a lot of us guys out here, I think uh, I think it's just the way that they're raised and they're just the way that they talk and uh Maybe it kind of affects them. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a mental thing. So I think uh, I think we need a lot of therapy as far as these guys, because I know I'm talking to y'all, too. But I wish I had a, a guy I can talk to as far as like what he's what he was thinking and, and how he was able to change the way he thought and, and what helped him uh, fight the process that, you know, that he was going through. But uh I think this is very important, and and like I said, with Brittany, with your page, not silent. Um, are are there any activities like how can somebody reach you, Brittany, other than that page? Like if somebody's seeing you right now, and and it's like, wow, she's going through what I went through. How can somebody get in contact you with you if they can't reach you on that page? I have several different ways. Um, I have a direct contact number that I allow people to text me or call me on. Uh, that number is four zero nine two four zero. 0808. Aside from not silent on Facebook, I have an Instagram page, which is ns.agape, and that's A-G-A-P-E dot love. I have a Snapchat account, and that is not silent dot DVA. And then I also go by uh, email address, too which is ns.agapi.love at gmail.com. And I try um, to keep up on all those uh, social media platforms. Sometimes I slip on Facebook and I may post a little bit more, but I'm yeah. trying to, that's that's the point of why I'm trying to help it be understood that Not Silent is, it's, it's more to be a team. It's for everybody to come on. So just like you're saying, you want to help advertise it even more, you know, with you just, uh, you know, I, I, I need people like that. So you may be like always on Instagram while like I'm always on Facebook. So, you know, yeah. but it's yeah, just no the doubt. fact of sharing it and connecting with people because I feel like it goes in all kind of ways and even though we're kind of uh putting the light on women and how this happens to women i like to speak about how this happens to children child abuse and child neglect that the elders the elders they go through abuse as well and um it's all throughout the age group with the adults so and of course is no definite race that gets picked on it's everybody so and then i feel like just because just like we're all different people, we all like to do different things. And having those different platforms, it allows me to connect to those people. Because a lot of times what I feel like is uh, people see me. And if you get to just vibe with my personality, you'll get to know, oh, she's cool. I can open up and talk to her. But really, I'm the person that sometimes a lot of people will go to. But then I'm looking for people like Bonnie. I'm trying to get connected to Bonnie's uh, network because I haven't grown that far yet. And that's the sources that I know of to help. And even though, you know, 
they could have passed up a card with Barney's contact information on there. Sometimes it's something about getting people who are close to your age, getting people who are close to your area. Mm -hmm. Just like mm -hmm. uh, I think one of you mentioned, you know, having somebody to speak with you that can relate to it and just be like, you know, mm -hmm. hey, she went through what I went through. Sometimes it's something about seeing somebody to say I was in that, but look at me now. And then you see the great that they have at that moment that gives you some type of energy to boost you to get out. Like when you ask, what does it take for somebody to finally get out? Those are the things that help somebody finally get out. Mm -hmm. So you said with the kids, does it, the kids really probably keep the relationship together as far as that female from leaving? Because they don't probably don't want to, you know, break up the family. That, but I personally, I feel like that's only hurting the family even more because one, you're allowing the child to see it. And once I entered into a toxic relationship, what I learned was I knew that my, uh, my the part, the person that I was with at the time, they grew up in a domestic violence uh, atmosphere. They, they witnessed it and they were abused themselves as a child. So I thought for sure that that person would not, you know, do anything as to um, abusing me. But when that started happening, that's when I learned that there's two different types of people. There's the people that go through it and they're just like all the way against it and they won't allow it. They're going to voice, which is that I'm that type of person, you know, make it understood. This is not what's going to happen or it shouldn't happen. And then there's the people that uh, will basically reciprocate what they grew up seeing. But what I've learned through my journey with healing is that, um, you know, healing takes time. And if a person is not fully healed, what I've learned is the, what is uh, identified as triggers. Sometimes a trigger will set me off and it will, you know, and then I'll, I'll react and then I will know after I react that that wasn't right. I could have said it better. I didn't have to do what I did. But and then I'm just like, if I know that that's not right, why am I allowing myself to do that? And then I find out it's because it was a trigger to me. I'm still hurt in certain ways. I'm very sensitive to certain things. And it's just certain things that I cannot tolerate, even though my mind wants to. There's something on the inside of me that's still hurt, that's trying to heal and not be broken anymore. So that's what you have to learn. And I'm sorry, I feel like I'm going on and no, 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 no. Somebody needs to hear this because, you know. But, uh, yeah, like you said, hey, Bonnie, I want to, uh, it was something that I, I, I kind of missed. You said, like, you can't disclose the location. So if somebody wants to, so do that person call you? Do they call that number and then y'all tell them the location? Yes. Um, sometimes the police will pick them up. Sometimes we'll pick them up if they need a ride or okay. we tell them. Actually, I, I think we tell them to meet us somewhere and we pick them up um, because we have had you know people trying to come and find them. I wanted to touch on something that Brittany said, and that was about children. Uh, we've discovered that kids who are exposed to domestic violence, even if they're never hit, never struck, mm -hmm. get a form of brain damage. So we know that every child that comes mm -hmm. into the shelter, we immediately need to go to the school and make a plan with the teacher and tell them what's going on, tell them they're going to struggle. And if they get into a safe environment where they feel loved and taken care of, the brain will heal itself. If they don't, they grow up and they're adults mm -hmm. that have, um, you know, a brain damage. And I wish I, I have it on my phone. I wish I had that picture pulled up. But you can actually see now we have all these machines that can actually measure the brain. And we can tell what happens when you listen to music or what happens when you hear this. We really? can also tell what happens when you see violence. Now, with that said, we're all of us are watching a lot of violence on TV. And I'm talking about when mm -hmm. I have Netflix, you know, Apple TV, yeah. whatever. 
I mean, you know, almost every show has some kind of, you know, violence, you know, thing going on. And, you know, kids are observing that too. I have to wonder what it does to them because young children cannot tell the difference between reality and fantasy. So what they're seeing on TV, they're going, wow, people are, you know, this is crazy. Like think of uh, the show, The Purge, if y'all saw that, where the government mm -hmm. has one night a year that they're going to, you yeah. know, kill anybody you want to. Well, imagine how frightening that would be to a young child. And many people don't regulate what their kids watch. But aside from that, watching your mom or your dad or someone get beat up badly and them crying, especially young males, they want to help their mama. They'll go run right into the middle of it trying to help her, even though they're looking. Yeah. yeah and, you know, uh, I don't want to tell my business, but sometimes like me and my wife, we play around. Like we'll be playing and then my daughter, she'll like she'll like jump in and she'll like uh, play with us. And I don't I, you know, now that you say that, I wonder if that kind of has like an effect on it. even though we're playing and we're laughing mm -hmm. and stuff and she'll, you know, help me or help her mom, depending on, I guess, I don't know how she feels at that time. I wonder if that affects her, you know, as far as, you know, because you say like the brain damage and the violence, even though that's not violence. I just want to, you know, I wonder if that's a good thing, her seeing that or or whatever. I think it's okay as long as you're playing and you're laughing and everyone's yeah. enjoying it. But when they see their mother crying and bloody, it freaks them out. You know, I mean, uh, children bond to their mothers in a different way than they do to mm -hmm. their dad. And yeah. so, you know, they it takes a long time before they realize they're not part of their mother's body. They feel very connected to her. And so a young toddler still feels that with her and it freaks them out. I mean, they just their whole lifeline is is being messed with, you know. Um, as far as protection, as far do y'all keep uh, security and police around for these guys that come? So the, uh, whoever it might, they may feel safe in the facility that y'all have. Yes, the facility is fenced, has a locked gate. Um, we do have security. We have cameras everywhere. Um, we haven't had a, had any problems with it, really. Like we've had people come, but when they see what the situation is, they're going to go on. There's just and the police know about us, and they come in a second anytime we call. Yeah, I didn't know it was that disclosed as far as keeping it um, a secret. But y'all said y'all been operating since 1936. Wow. Or 19 1931, yeah. 1931, um, wow. Yeah, we are thinking of making the shelter a public location just so it's easier to find and to, you know, get the information about. And that has to be voted on by the board. But in some ways, I think just let it let everyone know where we are and we'll just beef up security. But then, you know, we have women that are very, very frightened, too, at the same time. How long how long can somebody stay at the shelter? Up to 20, up to 24 months. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Have y'all had people stay longer? Um, I don't really know. I don't think so. I mean, unless the, if there's an extenuating circumstance, like a lot of times we have women um, from other countries, our American men go over there to work a job and they marry someone from there and bring them back. And then it didn't work out. And they literally just dump them. And they're in a country where they know no one. They don't speak the language. They don't know the system. They don't know how to get around. And sometimes I think if anyone, it would be one of them that would stay longer. Has COVID, um, has COVID caused a lot of abuse you know, mentally and physically since a lot, a lot of people not working and stress. Have you seen spike numbers come up in your facility or it's kind of just pretty much the same? 30% increase, which 30%. is pretty big, 30%, yeah. 
Wow. Because you think when the home is already a volatile place and there's already fighting, there's already been abuse. And then you put someone there, they've lost their job, they're drinking, they're drugging, they're mad, they're bored, you know, yeah. and so they're going to pick on you. Um, Brittany, was it a time, do you think females are scared to strike back? Like if, if they're in an abusive situation, do you think that they're scared to retaliate, thinking that he might hurt? the person more like I want to swing back or I might want to fight back, but I'm scared that he might, you know, Absolutely. Uh, I can speak for myself. When I was in my toxic relationship, uh, I actually was expecting I was pregnant literally throughout the whole nine months when I was receiving physical abuse. So um, just put your mind in, 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 the body of a pregnant woman we lose our strength because we have a whole human form in us and especially if we are not doing a uh, nutrition the proper way then we're not getting any energy or anything like that we're stressed out so i would be all that and above and i would be uh assaulted and i would not have energy sometimes to just keep him from putting me in a chokehold or keep him from body slamming me i i would just like sometimes i would just be like let's get it over with <laughs> just mm -hmm. so i could be okay afterwards and then i'll just you know make sure i'm nurtured afterwards because it's putting up a fight with in the meantime that's what would keep me back because a lot of people like oh the the comment of um i wouldn't let no man hit me or and well i didn't yeah. intend to let that happen either but when i felt that i had no strength to defend myself or i would be trapped in a room and i knew that i could not break the window or get out of the window the tussle the wrestling is just it's very draining mentally physically emotionally spiritually everything else and when you feel like all of that is drained out of you you don't have any energy to fight back that's yeah. like to me the best way to explain it is if you ever had the flu before and you know mm -hmm. how the flu makes your body yeah. feel yeah but so so how can you fight back when you have that feeling going on you know Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I wanted to ask Bonnie. Uh, so because what I have with women uh, going on and because I do know of some of the services in our area, the question is uh, because a lot of them feel like there's such a hold up with uh, COVID going on and the pandemic. How can I, um, you know, ensure them or encourage them to know that, you know, to still do it, to not believe that, you know, this hard time is making the process take longer than expected because them having that in their mind already, a lot of them are not even trying to, you know, submit for help. And it's yeah. just like getting, getting them to understand, still submit for help. How can I help with that? Well, the only way that COVID affected us was um, we uh, started doing shifts um, and then we went to a lot of virtual counseling. So like if someone doesn't want to like come in or actually talk with a counselor, they'll do it through the computer or the phone. But we haven't missed a beat. We have the same services we've always had. It's open just like it is. And there's no delay at all. If you call and there's a bed open, you can come right then. That's how cool, fast it is. Cool. If you Absolutely. call and if, and if you call and say, I'm in danger of my life, even if we don't have a bed, we'll say, come right now and we'll That's figure awesome. it out. And I want to say, too, we do treat men also. Men are abused also. It's much less common and it's even more or less common that they would report it because they're embarrassed. So they're not going right. to come. All their friends are going to rest. They're not going to say, oh, my you know, wife gave me this black eye or my girlfriend. But there are some cases where women uh, and I don't know why, but they'll just they know how to get on their last nerve and they kind of egg it on. <clears throat> and, and, you know, sometimes they'll end up hurting the guy. It's rare, but we have treated a couple. Now, we do not put them at the shelter with our women. We put them in another place. We'll find them a hotel room. We'll put them somewhere else. We don't mix them with the ladies. Yeah, I was, I was looking at a stat. I don't know how accurate it was, 
but it was I was seeing how it was like it was like one out of seven men suffers from uh, domestic violence and stuff. And like you said, some women do. You know, some women are not scared to put their hands on guys. And mm -hmm. and me being a guy, you know, yeah, we don't. There's not too many guys that are gonna just come out and just even tell their friends like, yo, like yeah. she's hitting on me or like, why is your eye black? He's not gonna say his girl did that. He's probably gonna say, ah, oh, man, you know, some guy or something like that. He's gonna like try to deflect the situation. So, uh, yeah, I could see that really being swept under the rug as far as guys suffering from um, domestic violence or even like uh, mental abuse from um, their partner. That's what I was gonna say. I feel like it's it's more of the everything else but physical abuse. Yes, some men may receive physical abuse, but I feel like what's really targeted on the men with domestic violence is the mental abuse or the spiritual mm -hmm. abuse or the financial mm -hmm. abuse, the uh, emotional abuse, um, maybe even the sexual abuse. Those things, it's like we can't bypass that on men because there are, um, you know, loving sweet spirit men that are just pure with heart but then they have a woman that may be you know uh still damaged still broken still hurt and that trickles onto that person and then you know they're going through it just like how the the woman can get slip into you know but i want to help you but i want to make sure that you become okay and they stay around and they'll go through those things and then as we said, it's hard. Sometimes, you know, it's not easy to pick up and just say, oh, that's mental abuse. Oh, that's spiritual abuse. I feel like yeah. well, that's why I like to see the, the images. I saw one where someone had the shapes of the body. It was uh, black. It was women uh, silhouettes. But then they had the words. It was actual sentences on there. And it was just saying that uh, I was assaulted uh, here or, you know, it was full sentences saying how the domestic <laughs> violence takes place. And just that it's just saying physical abuse. Because if some people hear physical abuse, they're not going to just know deeply, you know, what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what Terry was asking. He was like, what was the what's the root cause of domestic abuse? And I, I don't know if I don't know if it's if if there is a root. I feel like insecurities falls into it <laughs> because yeah, it, 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 a lot of times when it when it when it connects, it connects to insecurities. If, mm -hmm. if insecurities didn't exist, then I feel like, well, excuse me, then I feel like a lot of other things wouldn't happen. It falls on all of them. You want to go spiritual. You want to talk about financial. You want to talk about physical, emotional. If secure, if yeah, if you're secure, if you weren't so insecure, if you felt, and uh, I, I'll say for a woman, for me, what it was was the lack of me not knowing my worth. Yes, me knowing my worth mattered a lot, and me coming up in a community where that wasn't talked about enough, where I learned more through my peers and the world versus, no you know, someone that was a, a, a good mentor or something mm -hmm. like that. So I feel like it, those are two of the, the main things right there. Okay. Stacy said he suffered from, um, he said he suffered from domestic violence, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Yeah. I mean, that can happen. You know, I, I think if right. you mess, I think females have a very good knack of, getting that guy you know to you know to that certain yeah. point i'm not now as far as him being physical you know on her that's that's you know that's uncalled for but uh for what he's saying yeah i i know i know a few females they know how to get that guy to you know reach a certain point or you know just get under his skin and affect him you know mentally right. and probably physically you know i mean this ways you can really hurt a man 
I think you could hurt a man really mentally, more mentally than physically, as far as a woman's perspective, you know, um, just speaking on the guy, she might can tell him, hey, you're not making enough money. Uh, mm -hmm. Why are you not making as much money as such and such? And that can affect right. the guy. That can, you know, that can hit kind of hard, you know, and hey, right. they're driving this car. Why can't you afford this kind of car? Why you can't, you know, so I understand what he's saying. I don't know if he actually went through something like that, but, you know, speaking on this, I think as far as on a guy's part i think mentally we can i think that's that's real tough on us because you know we want to be we want to provide we want to protect we want to you know provide all these things and stuff and you know i think that can hit kind of hard so yeah one but, thing i will say if a woman hits you like there's two kinds there's one like women who are going to slap you like you say something you don't like and then they're going to slap you in the face but they're not really hurting you the other is women who've been abused and they were going to kill you they're not, they're going to wait. Like she might not have any energy, but honey, go to sleep. She's going to get the baseball bat. She's going to get a frying pan. For I'm serious. That's how women, when they get enough, if they don't leave, you're going to yes. die. One of you is going to yes. die because they've yes. been pushed so far that they're really afraid for their life. They're like, I'm, I don't know, but I'm, right. I'm not going to wake up with him again. And they'll do something terrible. And then what happens, you know, there's a, uh, a syndrome that women get battered women's syndrome, where it's just like PTSD, where they really are going back. Like she was talking about triggers. They really go back to that moment and they're flashing back and all they know is such a fear for their life. They really think this is the time he's going to kill me. This is the time he's going to choke me all the way out, you know? And so they react, I mean, crazily, you know, they, they, um, kill. And then they right. go to prison because no one understands the syndrome. Can I ask you this? This may be, um, in, in your area, but, for, so what is the best way to, um, I guess, prepare yourself for triggers or uh, understand triggers? Like what, what is the best way to move forward? Because I, it's something like how I feel like when you lost a loved one um, and they call it that you, you have moments. Sometimes I can't control when I break down and cry if I think about a, a loved one that I've lost. And I feel like that's the same thing with triggers sometimes because it it also it slips in and it comes to you when you're you're not expecting it. So how is the best way to handle that or what can you do? I think journaling is one way to really handle it because it helps you to know yourself if you really write your feelings down because you don't always have someone that you want to share the deepest, darkest right. moments of your life with. Uh, and it's going to stay with you for a very long time. You know, you're still going to have triggers probably when you're old, but you learn to deal with it. And you learn that if you're in certain situations, remove yourself, get out of there. You know, like if yeah. you're in a situation, I tell women, listen to that little voice inside you, because we've all been trying to talk it down to go, oh, that's not true. Don't no, no, you know, but you know what? It's true. That little voice tells yeah. you you're in danger, you know. And so if you start feeling it, even if it's just a trigger and nothing's going to happen, get out of there. Don't put yourself through that. Don't make yourself yeah. struggle with that. If a man puts, you know, grabs you by the arm and he's not going to hurt you, but you still freak out. People need to know, hey, you know what? There's some damage that comes with this. I'm yes. afraid. I'm afraid. You have PTSD, like a man yes. who comes back from war. You know, so maybe a loud plane going over the house is going to be his trigger or firecrackers or something that's boom, boom. Who knows? There's might be a car pulling up in the driveway or a horn or the keys in the door. You know, it's different things. Absolutely. So you never so you never truly get over domestic uh, domestic violence or domestic abuse. I mean, as far as like the relationship wise, I mean, that constantly I mean, is that something that's uh, still with you throughout life? 
I mean, can that, I mean, what I'm saying is like, can that, can you, can that affect the next relationship you get into? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. That's, it, the, part say, that's the part where I say the, the healing part um, and not being fully healed. And, um, and then just speaking personally from my journey, there, there's been so many moments where I just knew I was like, I know I'm okay. I know that I'm not thinking about that. I feel that I've like, I for forgiven my abuser and everything else. But like, I that's why I was, I'm, I'm talking to Bonnie about it and asking more because I want to learn more, not only as I'm uh, going through it or waiting to have to go through a trigger to find out, but I, I as I see how seriously they are and how harsh they can strike you, I'm trying to understand so how do you get better with those because honestly Floyd, no i don't think that they ever go away i feel like they they are they're always there it's your memory it happened to yes. you we can't yes. erase your memory you are going to remember it so i mean maybe you know less and less maybe not maybe you won't cry as much maybe sometime someday you'll have some different understanding of it all but we can't erase it it happened to you unless we're going to wipe out your um memories. One thing I did want to say, though, is any woman or man who've been through domestic violence, even if you never stayed at the shelter, you're entitled to non-residential services. So, you know, different people come. Usually the people that stay at the shelter are the people who have worn out their welcome other places. They've gone back and forth to sisters and family so many times that they're just like, no, if you go back this time, I'm not helping you again. So all of a sudden they find that they have nowhere to go. And we also serve a lot of people that are poor, you know, that there is no one in their family or their friends that can take them and their four kids, you know, on. And so um, they have to come to the shelter. But I think I really do want women to know that even if it happened to you 10 years ago or whenever, those services, um, the counseling is always available for free to domestic violence people. So you can call the hotline, which is 409-832-7575. And you can say, I'm a domestic violence survivor. Um, this happened to me years ago, but I'm still I'm struggling with it. I'm still dealing with this and I need some counseling and they will see you for free. Uh, can, can you text that? Um, uh, I don't know if you can do it right now, but can you text that information in like the the, the chats and stuff? So um, people can... yes, I can. But what about uh, what about does does domestic abuse does that ties in with um, like a sexual abuse and mental abuse? Does that all tie in together? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I mean, as far as females, what are ways to recognize sexual abuse? I mean, uh, they might think the guy might be just aggressive or something, and they might not know that they're suffering from sexual abuse. The guy think, are, there, the are, there, are there any key things or key things to pick up on as far as like sexual abuse they might not know about? Maybe the guy might be, I mean, he might be, I don't know, pull a hair too hard. I don't know what it is, but maybe they might not know that this guy is sexual abusing me. I would say it would be uh, a de more demanding. Um, and uh, I get okay. the part where you're trying to say, think around the being rough because, you know, some people believe in that way. But uh, anytime that you're not comfortable with something, then that's a flag. Because what, what, what caught me was in my relationship, it was um, every other day. One day was good. One day was bad. Next day was bad. Next day was bad. Next day was good. One more good, then the next day back. So if you're having like a, a, a 
pattern going like that or you know it's so it's just not a, a, a average sex pattern if you didn't and you think about your other sexual relationships that you had then you should be able to understand that something's not right about it i think that would be a sign to pick up any unwanted touch or uh, aggression is sexual um violence if you penetrate her even with your fingers if you do anything that she does not want to happen then you're you're skating on scary territory there i mean a woman has a right to say no even to her husband and that's a law that was has you know was passed in the last 20 years used to you know men could beat their wife if or if you found her in bed with someone you could kill her in the state of texas and it wasn't illegal that was in 19 I think 78 when I was in criminal law and I was shot, you could, women were considered chattels under the law, which means some, a piece of property that belongs to you. And even though times had changed, we didn't change the law on the books for a long time. Wow. So guys, you can rape your wife. If she says no, it's no. She can say she doesn't want to have sex and that's, you need to, uh, you know, honor that. I think, a lot, I, I think that's kind of big. A lot of guys don't know that. Yeah. But I mean, if your wife says no, I mean, why? Or your girlfriend says no, why? I mean, well, I'm not going to say why, but I mean, they should have that understanding. But I guess, you know, people don't have that understanding. Not everybody has that understanding. Like, you know, something, I mean, no means no, but some people probably take that, don't take that that serious. So, you know, like guys, you need to understand, man, you can rape your wife. Mm -hmm. So um, back to the kids, though, as far as the um, the kids, Bonnie, um, <clears throat> Are, are there programs, are, are there therapists for them too to, yes. to, to talk to? Yes, there are um, therapists for them and different, even group therapy where they all talk. And like one of the groups that they do that I've seen teaches younger children about feelings and they'll have little signs and they'll have a frown or different faces and they learn to identify and name their feelings just so that they learn to articulate what's happening. You have to give them words to say sometimes to be able to express how they feel. Um, that's one of them, but they go to therapy also. Um, uh, we do take women and children in the shelter. So, and what's really strange, Brittany, is we have a lot of pregnant women. I don't know why, but it seems like it heightens domestic violence. You would think that that'd be such a loving time when your husband's so happy, you have your, you know, you're having a baby and all that. But we see a ton of women. I cannot tell you how many babies are at the shelter. There's always a newborn baby at the shelter. Always. Um, do hey, Bonnie, do y'all make, the, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying do y'all make, but when the women come to the shelter, is law enforcement uh, called for them to press charges on these guys? It's their choice. We don't make them do that. Oh, you don't? No, we don't. We want them to, but we do not force them to. That's their call. And sometimes women have different reasons. You know, sometimes, um, uh, let's say your husband's a sheriff or he works in the police department. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of catch 22 because if you report him, he's going to lose his job or he's going to be suspended. So now how is he going to pay your child support or the house note? It's very complicated. You know, it's not just simple like, oh, he hit me, I'm leaving. No, you got to, every woman, especially if you have children or expecting, you've got a lot of things to consider. How am I going to take care of this baby? Who's paying for the hospital? Who's paying for the doctor? You know, all these things. And, you know, women will always side, usually on the side of protecting that child. They're going to try to do what they feel is best for that baby. And um, Brittany, you said it happened to you also when you was pregnant also too, right? Did did he try to use the excuse like I'm sorry and apologize after at the each event or something like that as far as absolutely absolutely that 
it was easy to uh, to get me to believe that he wasn't going to do it again. But in my mind, it was just that, that I was pregnant with my third child. And, you know, at the age that I was, I was like, I'm ready to set up, settle down. I don't want to keep, you know, doing this, making children, but not completing a family. And so um, pretty much, yeah. Terry asked uh, about suicide rate. Um among the abused. I don't know. The don't suicide know. rate is higher. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the exact stat on that, but it is higher. Um, women who are abused um, suffer from depression, PTSD, battered women's syndrome. They're fearful. They have anxiety. They can't sleep. It affects their whole body. It's not. And if you go, just shake it off, Brittany, it's fine. Just shake it off. No, she can't shake it off. You know, your body reacts to things that happen to it, and she cannot control that. You can control the uh, movements, you know, moving your hands and arms, but you can't control how your brain reacts to stress. And it, your brain tells the rest of your body what to do. You know, so it's it's really very complicated. Do you think a lot of females think they could change the guy? Is the reason why they don't, you know, send them to jail and all that? If you just love them enough, they're going to stop hitting you. You're going to be the one that changes them and stops them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think as far as uh, as far as guys go, as I, I think a lot of guys, I don't. As far as like mental abuse, I don't think a lot of guys understand the importance uh, or how big that is. If you have like an argument, I know like couples have arguments, but uh, you know, to you know, as far as like picking on your partner and, you know, yelling at them. I think a lot of guys don't understand how, you know, important that is. I mean, you yell at her for like maybe not cleaning up the house and, and uh, like you said, that can be the start of, you know, the abusive situation. And I, I think guys don't, they, I don't think they understand how it starts and, and how it can progress. I think it's a lot of, I'm not going to say ignorance, but it's a, I don't think people are educated enough on, domestic violence and domestic abuse. I think it should be, I think it should be more programs and more, uh, I think it should be out there more, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Well, actually it's kind of hard to get a survivor to talk about it because it's so painful, even when they're talking about it years after, um, but it's very effective. Like women who are going through it, they want to talk to someone who's been through it. They want to, you know, they want to think you really know what you're talking about, not just from reading it through a book. You know, they want to feel like, oh, she gets me. She knows exactly what this is. You know, um, I think we do need to talk about it more. Yeah, because I don't think a lot of people are educated on it as far as uh, uh, how it starts. And and before I started, um, before this particular episode, I started doing like a little research on domestic abuse and domestic violence and how it starts and uh, uh ways you can pick up if somebody's suffering from it and low stuff are seen, uh, hiding bruises as far as wearing big clothes and, you know, not being around family. And it was, uh, you know, it taught me a lot just to, from the, the little bit that I learned. And uh, like I said, I think, I don't know, maybe, I, maybe it's too young for high schools to have classes. No. I don't know. No, there's <laughs> dating abuse which is the same as domestic, but it's for young. It starts at 11 years old, if you can believe that. 11 to 17 are wow. the height of the ages for dating violence. But even in college, in college, there is a lot of, of date rape, a lot of date Absolutely. rape. In college? Yes. In colleges, no, and they often just overlook it. They just let it go, you know, especially if they have to be athletes. 
Not the yeah, I think they had a situation with Baylor University. Yes. They yes, had they a do. they That's have to do situations like that. Um with the football team and I don't know the details on it, but I know they got suspended for a few years on that program and the coach got fired and and stuff like that. But yeah, um and I think the athletes even talk about it how some of the colleges uh they recruit some of these players by getting like uh females or something to yeah. You know, reel them in and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, I think a lot of people don't know about that. That's that's kind of big, though. I'm glad you brought that up because um, it's something that I've been hearing um, about. Yeah, if you go, especially one of the big schools, and you play mm -hmm. football or basketball, one of the big sports, um, you are treated like a god there. They have tutors for you to help you do your homework. They have special meal plans. They have supplements. They are just, it's like the NFL almost, except for you're not getting paid, but they treat you like a king. When After the game, when you walk into the clubs downtown, everyone's like, ah, all these women. I mean, there are girls that we call cleat chasers. You know, there's, they, the, the guys are treated like kings. And so they start thinking a certain way and they'll, you know, they'll act however they want. Uh, as far as uh, I'm glad I got y'all two together because Brittany, I think you can do a lot as far as um, with Bonnie. I think uh, because uh, you're very you're very passionate uh, about this, and uh, like you said, you have a whole calendar on this month set up. And I've been looking at your Facebook lives, and you was like two days till October, and uh, you know what I'm saying. I was just happy that um, you are passionate about it, and uh, because I think they need more females like you to to speak on the people who speak on the ones who can't speak because like you said a lot of people are embarrassed and they don't want to talk about it and um they don't know who to who to go to so i'm kind of glad that y'all two can um connect on some issues and stuff and because like i said bonnie you have your own page and uh and they can get information off that i mean not bonnie but Brittany, you have your own page and uh and and bonnie it's a lot of things too as far as like as and all this stuff is free right bonnie Yes, everything we do is free. And that's a big thing. People don't know that. And everyone's scared. I mean, when I'm going somewhere, I want to know what it costs because I want to know if I have enough money. I don't want to be embarrassed and get there and then them say, oh, sorry, you can't afford this. No, it's all free. It's funded by the government. We have government grants that take care of women. One of the big ones is uh, VAWA, which is Violence Against Women's Act. That I think yeah, came out in 1994. I think as far as free and I think as far as like how long you can stay, because I think some females or whoever it may be, they might think like, oh, I'm Mike can only stay for this weekend and then I got to find oh, somewhere no. else to stay. So, you know, like I said, being free and like you said, uh, two years. Yeah. And we do help them find housing. We don't just kick you out on the street unless it's for cause. Like you can't have drugs and alcohol. You can't bring men on campus, some mm -hmm. things like that. But if you break a major violation, you're going to be put out. But other than that, you know, they're going to make sure that you have low income housing uh, and, you know, that we've worked out your budget, all that before you leave. They're going to work on a budget. They're going to look at your money. They're going to talk through that and try to help you do some planning. And then we also, whatever we have, we have two um, resale shops, one in Woodville and one in Jasper. And we take donations from the community. The best of everything goes directly to the shelter. So we have a big clothing closet. Um, but we also will give ladies, like let's say you're moving out and you don't have a baby bed or you don't have a bed. If we have one, we'll give it to you for free. Uh, if we have bedding, if we have whatever we have that we can glean together, sometimes we'll have pots and pans and dishes and those kind of things. Because really, these ladies left with nothing, with a shirt on their back and a little suitcase, maybe. They've left everything behind. So 
you know, imagine. Oh, okay, so y'all take donations and stuff like that as far as clothing and stuff? Yes, we how, do. How, we can, take how, how can we get these donations to you? Um, just call us. Um, that number is 833-2668 to the main office and just tell them you have a donation or you can just bring it by the office. It's 3550 Fannin in Beaumont. Uh, Fannin runs parallel to college. So we're kind of back behind Baptist Hospital and that stuff. But we do take donations. And what the best stuff, like I said, we give directly to the women and children. And whatever we don't have a need for at that moment, we don't have the room to store. So we send it to the sale shops. And that money comes back to the shelter, you know, as another stream of re uh, income. What's that number again? Um, to call the office is 833 Okay, I just wanted to put it in the. Uh, I just wanted to put it in the comments. Oh, okay, Stacy Lewis, he already had. Oh, he already had the um, the address. So. Oh, good, good. Okay, I didn't know you can um, um y'all take donations and stuff like that. I can um, I probably can give you my charity and maybe we can do something as far as uh, getting the ladies' clothing and all that, and maybe I could get with um you, Brittany. Maybe we could come up with something. Team Absolutely, up and I already see it in my head. Yes. <laughs> Churches and sororities and stuff, they love to have a drive for you. In the spring, people are cleaning out their closets or before Christmas. Yeah. And so that's a great way. We also, during the holidays, take donations of toys because um, they don't have any money. They have nothing. So um, we get donations from the um, from people in the city. And I make two stores. One store is like all toys and one's all things for the moms. And of course, everything is free, but we let them come in and pick what they want for their kids. Instead of just grabbing up some toys and going, okay, you have a three-year-old, here's something for you. We let them go in because the moms have lost so much. We want them to have, to feel a sense of ownership, like they're choosing this. And then we have wrapping paper and all that. They can wrap their stuff awesome. and they can take it back to their little apartment. So they feel, you know, we want normalcy to return. And to, you know, let them feel like they have some control in their life. And yeah, then the kids uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to get with you on that. I'm going to get with you, too. Also, Brittany, maybe we can, like, yeah. get, like, a toy drive for Christmas and clothing and stuff. I didn't know how Absolutely. important. I didn't know the details on that as far as, like, these. I mean, you it, it kind of goes overlooked as far as, like, these females, these women are leaving everything behind. So yeah. you are right. They don't have clothing or you know yeah, what I'm saying? Few people pack a big bag. They're running out. As soon as he leaves, you're trying to plan it. And that's another thing I'd like to say. If anyone's contemplating leaving, do not tell him. Don't go in there and pick a fight and say, I'm about to leave you. No. You, yeah. keep your you pack your stuff. You put some money aside if you can. You get your important documents like your driver's license, your social security card, your children's birth certificates, anything like that. Um, you get all that together secretly. You don't tell him. And then you tell someone where you're going uh, and make a plan. Like if you don't have transportation, you need to make that plan. But you do not tell him. Most women die when they're leaving. That's the biggest uh, time that women are killed. Uh, many men will say, if I'm not going to have you, nobody's going to have you. I'll show you the lady, you know. So you you definitely have to uh, keep your wits about you. Yeah. Um, Stacy said, uh, um He's a well. She's a licensed barber and cosmetologist. So I guess, uh, I guess, uh, I, don't, I guess, uh, hey, you can hit up Bonnie. She can direct you. Yeah, to the you right can come do hair. 
Yeah, you can tell We have a lot of black women and, you know, they get their hair fixed. You know, they mm-hmm. you have to have someone come do it. You know, it's not like, you know, they just wash their hair and go. They have all kinds of different things that are done to it and stuff. Most of them go to the beauty shop. So, yeah, people who want to give services like that, I always say everybody has something to give. If you look around you, you have something. I don't care what, if you think you have nothing, you do, whether it's your time, your attention, something that's used that you don't use anymore, we all can give back. Absolutely. Okay. Well, hey, Bonnie, um, I appreciate you coming on. And there's so much information I got to get from you to share to a lot of people out there, but I'm definitely going to get with you as far as um, like a clothing drive and probably like a toy drive and um, get other people to help out like Brittany, Stacy, and um, maybe we can like, you know, help as much as we can. But I definitely appreciate you coming on. I'm honored that you came on and you took oh, the time out so much. on a Friday night to uh, to bless us. No, it's important. It really is. And I would love to hook up with you, Brittany, and just know absolutely. your page and stuff and share your videos and, and things, too. Um, yes, absolutely. I will definitely be rewinding to get all your information. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Okay. Hey, Brittany, I need you to stay on. I got to ask you a few more things, but I thank you, Bonnie. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye, Bonnie. Bye. Yeah, Bonnie had a lot of good stuff to say. I didn't know about the toy drive and um she and, came and everything. Uh and uh, I appreciate it coming back. But I have another guest. I want you to stay on Brittany because I have another guest. It's uh Edith. And uh she went through uh a domestic violence situation. And um I actually found Edith on uh Instagram or whatever. And uh she shared her story, and she, that was one thing that was one thing that I, I liked about it and uh that made me reach out to her, but because she wasn't scared to voice her story and, and stuff like that. Edith, am I saying it right? Yes. So what's going on? How you doing today? Fine, thank you. Yeah, so like I said, I went to your Instagram page and I noticed that you shared um, your story about what you had went through. Yes. Oh, um, well, we're still going on court proceedings. It's been because of Kobe. It's been mm-hmm. keep getting rescheduled, rescheduled until November. Like it depends. Like well, I live in Houston, so it like sometimes the system does not help us. Like he, I think it was last year on June when he tried to like literally he tried to kill me, and mm-hmm. then they, he didn't get arrested until March of this year. It was June when June uh, 20- June 2019, and he didn't get arrested till March 2020. So from June to March, what was going on? You was just trying to avoid them? I left my house and I literally went first to my sister's house. He didn't know where it was, then to my mom's. And then he would try to try to find me anywhere, anywhere. Like he would stalk me. Like he would follow me with the kids. He would follow me like for like outside school. And then I would keep calling the police and they were like, well, he has a warrant. So we're going to try to go home and find him. But if he's not home, like I can't do anything. And then he will switch vehicles because he knew they were after him. So he will switch vehicles. So there was never a clear indication like, oh, we caught you. And then Harris County didn't even catch him. He went to Florida. Mm-hmm. He got stopped by a speeding ticket. And then it came out. He had a warrant. And then they transferred him back to Texas. So that's how he got caught because he, yeah. he was Harris County, Yeah, the police. And then now it's because of Kobe. They asked for the body cam. 
images, and mm-hmm. the police said they lost it. The police so, lost it? Yeah. So now uh, now I'm trying to go uh, with my lawyer, trying to get them, like, hey, we need those. And because of COVID, they have not released my medical records from the hospital either. Yeah, because you ended up in a hospital, right? Yeah. He left me, like, with 35 staples on my head, like, 11 stitches on my face, and then a broken nose. Wow. And and that was, bef- and like you said, from March to 2019 to June. Was that before yeah. March? Yeah. It was, like, literally took him, like, 10 months for him to get arrested. Like, 10 months, he was out free, like, nothing. What's, what charges is he looking at as far as like the timeline? Um, he's two to 20 years. Two to 20, y'all trying to get the max? Yeah, but the, the, the funny thing is when he got in, they called me and actually he has another domestic violence charge because there's a woman alleging that he, she's alleging that that's my boyfriend and we have a kid together and he assaulted her, I think in January. So he's, I mean... He needs. He really needs therapy. I mean, he needs jail time, but he definitely needs therapy. I mean, yeah, he comes from a domestic violence himself. Oh, growing up in that yeah. type of situation. I think that's what made me stay. Like, I met him when I was fifteen, and he mm-hmm. was twenty-one. Like that for me. I guess I was fifteen, so I didn't know better. And he was like twenty-one, and you get impressed at that age. And we stayed together until last year when I was 32 and he was 38. So it was like a six age gap. And during those 17 years, he would, I was a stay home mom. He didn't let me like work or go anywhere. I had to stay at home. You couldn't go get groceries or none of that. If I did, but it was time like, hey, you gotta go grocery, you gotta take the three kids, text me when you leave and text me when you come back and tell me what store. Like, I couldn't go to a different store. Like, no, it's the same store. Brittany, you understand? You you can relate to that? Oh, yes, yes. She it's hit so, me hard when she so said, text me, let know. Yeah. So pretty much they have the same characteristics as far yeah, as like... Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I say that all of them are pretty much, they, they are the same with their manipulating uh, powers of knowing how to manipulate people and mm-hmm. basically just, um, you know, their controlling factors. And that's what's very tricky because what you would think is, oh, he cares for me. Oh, he loves me. He's just trying to protect me and watch over me, make sure I'm okay. That does It doesn't always look like he's just really trying to control you in the beginning. Yeah, and then it doesn't start like, oh, I'm going to hit you. No, it starts like, right. First treating you wrong and then talking back to you, and then suddenly starts escalating. Mm-hmm. And then my kids came at a young age. Like my first child and client came in when I was 16. Is that, one my, reason, is that a reason that you tried to stay with them as far as it was the kids? I think, yeah, I had three kids. And then in my mind, I was like, he doesn't let me work. I have no job. I have no like, where am I going to go with three kids? Like, I literally don't know how to do nothing because he just let me finish high school. Like high school, he would take me to high school and pick me up. And then yeah. your mom's like, where are you going to go with three kids? You have no job. You have no money. Like you have no job experience. Like where are you going to get like money like, to maintain three kids and yourself? Did you have to get like a program uh, like uh, like one of these programs? Like we had Bonnie on and uh, she helps. Uh, she's with a uh, family service centers that helps females 
you know, get a job and, you know, try to make it on their own. Did you have to get with one of these programs? Yes. There's one in here in Houston. It's called NAM. Mm-hmm. They actually helped me with, uh, they helped me like with food resources and they actually, they work with uh, Lone Star College. So they are paying actually for my school. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, it's a good thing, uh, Edith, because I mean, I mean, we're from Beaumont, so that's like an hour away from yeah. Houston. So I'm, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure like, um, you know, people from this area uh, are interested in the, the program that you're talking. What's the program again? It's called NAM. It's Northwest Assistant Minister. It's on like right on 45 North in 1960. And they're paying for your school and everything. Yes. And they also pay, yeah, and they also pay, like, when I go to therapy, they pay for the therapy. They pay my therapist, too. Wow. And I take therapy, like, one, like, maybe once a week. Mm -hmm. And then my kids also take therapy, because my kids now, they're, like, 16, 13, and 6. Did they see a lot of the, uh, the domestic violence? Yeah. Like, they didn't physically, physically hurt, but they seen and watch everything. And then my 16 year old actually gets anxiety attacks. Like when something bad happens, he goes in anxiety mode. Like he shuts down. It's like, like I can't get him out of there mm-hmm. on that mode. And then I have to work with him. Like, hey, you know what? We have to work on this. Cause he just kind of like, when something bad happened, he freezes. He doesn't know what to do mm-hmm. or like how to react. Um, do you speak out as far as like, um... Do you speak to other women as far as going through this, like at uh, any of these programs? Because um, you you being on the show, uh, I I thank you for being on the show because I like I said I seen your page and I seen how uh, you wasn't scared to share your story and what you went through. And um, yeah, I think at some point you kind of get tired. You're like, okay, am I gonna keep like hiding from him? Am I gonna keep not saying anything? At some point you're like, okay, you know what? I had enough. Like. You have to do something because literally like you're drowning yourself. And through my Instagram page, I kind of connected with more women that that live here in Houston. And mm-hmm. then they tell me, hey, like what they're that they're still living with their current partner. They're like, how did you get how did you get the courage to get out? And then it takes a lot. Like during those 17 years, I left four times and I came back three. Yeah. The whole time it was like. I, I couldn't like it was like enough. So each and time then, he went back, he said he changed or something like that. Did he try yeah. to? He how said, long that, "How long did that last?" When you go back, and he said he changes. Does that last like a week or something like that before he gets mad? It's like a week, and then a week later, and then usually a week later, like we're arguing, like we're literally arguing because hey, you left the home. Oh, so he's blaming you because you left the home. Yeah, it's like he's they. Keep it in. They like at the moment they're like, "Oh, I'm a love bomb you," but then early, a week later you're gonna pay for leaving. So right now, so right now it's uh you you feel that the system doesn't protect you enough because you said like I said like you yeah. was talking about it took almost a year for him to yeah get for him and then now it's like oh I lost the medical records I the police lost the body counts and you're and I'm like. This wow. is why nobody reports it because I'm like, okay, I'm reporting it, and you're literally telling me you have nothing. Yeah. And then it's like now I have to go to the to the county and be like, hey, I I what what happened to the videos? I need to, somebody needs to be liable, somebody responsible. I'm like, because there's no way if you have nothing. I'm like, when we go to court, like, 
what is the basis on if you have nothing to help me out yeah yeah and uh i didn't i didn't know that i thought like because you know like when you see it when you see on tv like and you see something happen like a domestic abuse so let's just take for instance cops the show and they yeah. go out to you know a home or something like that and they say hey did you did he hit you and they say yeah and then he goes to jail so from what we see we think that oh the police is you know hey they're quick they're gonna protect you but from what you're saying like they lost the body cam the medical records yeah. and all this to help you in the uh the situation you're going through right now yeah and then they will go the police will make rounds to my house and they're like well he's not there we knock and he's not there and i'm like they're like, oh, well, when you see him, just call us. And I'm like, you want me to stalk him 24 hours and tell you when he's there? I'm like, that's your job. That's not my job to do. And I think that's why a lot of people don't report because they're like, okay, if you're stuck in this, I'm like, he still has access to me and you're not helping me out. So what's the point of me reporting me? Right. So, so Brittany or Edith, if you call the police, can they, can they stay? I mean, can they patrol? Can they you know, do a, like a surveillance on your house for a couple hours. Do they work like that? Have y'all ever got the police to try to do that instead of just passing by or they can't do that? They'll pass by, but it's just like a quick thing. It seems like, you know, you're taking them to me when I would be in the situation. It seemed like I was taking them from something so important. Like they'd rather mm -hmm. go sit down and have a cup of coffee or whatever else that they were doing because it's just like a little drop in. Okay, I can't see them. And my thing was anytime that, um, he would know that I was trying to contact the uh, authorities. He would be from the area first. And of course, their vehicles are obvious to spot, they're obvious to see or hear. And he would go away until they're gone, until the red lights are finished flashing. And then he would come back when they're gone. But they're like, call when he comes. Well, if he knows that you're on the way, he's going to leave too. And he's going to yeah. hide and watch you until you leave. And and the thing is, if they did do the patrolling, like you're saying, for like an hour, then I feel like that would give better chances. But a lot of time, my experience, and I was in Harris County, too, at the time, most of the time when I was going through domestic violence. And the reaction that I was getting from the police, it didn't make me feel like I was OK. It didn't make me feel like I was safe. And that kind of alerts them because they know they're, the police is after them. They're like, they're like, well, I can't go home because I know the police is there. So I have to go somewhere else. And they right. go somewhere. He will go and hide to, at his sister's house, they are a friend's house. He wouldn't even go right. home. Like he like you're 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 telling me that you're putting the cops on me. There's no way I'm gonna go home. Right. Do family members protect um the the guy? You think? Do they do they know yeah. that you know? Hey, my son or my my brother's abusing this lady, and they still protect them. Are they getting protected from the family like that? Yes, my sister-in-law, like they all, they grew up in a domestic home. Like their dad, whatever he did to me, his daddy used to do to his mom. And when I told his sister, her was like, "Well, what did you do for him that for him to hit you? You must have done something." And I'm like, "You oh, wow. guys went through it. Like you literally saw your mom go through it. How are you gonna ask me something like right. that?" Right. And she enables them. She's like, oh, that's why I got contact with him. Because she's like, oh, I pay for him when he's in jail. Hopefully he's not there. And I'm like, but I think it affects him because the way she treats her husband bad. Like, she literally, mentally, emotionally, she treats her husband bad, too. Okay. And her husband doesn't speak up either. He stays quiet. Yeah, so see, I, I think I, it I, I, them, it's a cycle. 
Yeah, and, and I even seen the stat. I don't know how accurate that stat was. Like I said earlier in the show, men so like one out of seven men suffer from domestic yeah. uh, mental yeah. abuse. So like like you said, and and then that's a big factor as far as like growing up, like your childhood yeah. really affects how you are when you become an adult. Um, so I think like a lot of females and a lot of guys, if they see this show, they need to understand uh, you arguing and fussing and fighting in front of your child that affects that child to how they're going to become an adult and how they're going to treat a relationship when they get to that age. Cause that's all they saw. Yeah. And then a lot of people stay too, because they don't realize that as women or men, we get what's called trauma bond. That's like, that's actually like, like when you're happy, your body, like your brain releases oxycone. And then when you're stressed, they release cortisone, so you get stuck into it. So it's like drugs, like you're addicted. Like you go from being like scared, stressed, and then they lump, then they're all lovely. And then your mind's like, what the hell's going on here? Mm -hmm. And then that's when you get stuck into it. And then when you try to like leave them alone, cut contact, it's like you're going, like you're literally withdrawing off drugs. You're like, oh, I need this situation because that's the way my brain started working. I think that's why a lot of people, we go like, oh, if they call the cops, they're like, no, I want to get him out. Like, no, this is not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And uh, and, and either that's one reason why I wanted you and Brittany, because like I said, Brittany has the, the not silent uh, and she has like a, a page and she's doing uh, some some big things as far as like, you know, domestic violence awareness. And so maybe like maybe y'all can uh, connect and uh maybe help out and, you know, reach out to a lot of females that's going through this. Cause like I said, you're in Houston, we're in Beaumont. And uh, I mean, like I said, I think a lot of people don't talk about this. I mean, this being uh, domestic abuse month, what is this, domestic awareness month? Um, yes, domestic violence and, uh, awareness month. Yeah, the silence awareness month. And, and to be honest with you, I don't think I probably have heard that this was a month, but you know, I think this is breast cancer month too. So yeah. breast cancer month is so palpalized, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, we know it's breast cancer month and like right. stuff like this, you know, silence awareness. We need to know about this too. This is, this is important. You know, um, I'm glad I got both y'all on the show. Maybe y'all can like, you know, connect with each other and uh, help spread like the awareness. And Edith, like I said, uh, when is your, I mean, you probably can't talk about it, but as far as like the case wise, is it coming up soon? As far yeah, as it's on November, November twelfth. Are you getting a little anxiety on that? Yeah, I get a lot of anxiety. The day before, I started like I can't sleep. I'm just my mind is like thinking, what's gonna happen? I think it's more the fear of thinking it's not gonna go my way, and they're gonna be like, oh, we're just gonna give you like probation for one year, and then you're out. And Don't then you I'm know. Don't they got yeah. the medical records, the hospital records from when you was in the hospital too, also? Yeah, but since because of Kobe, they have not been released. They're like, oh, you know what? Because we're on Kobe, we're backlogged. So yeah. you're just going to have to wait on them. So when your court case comes up, I mean, are they going to say, hey, we can't, we can't release them now? You're going to have to wait? I mean. Yeah, that's what, yeah, because we've been, that's every time we go to court, we get reset because of that. They're like, oh, we still don't have the body damage. We have no records. And then the DA is like, well, right now, the only thing we're facing is like your word against his words. 
Really? Like, and, yeah. And then the age like that doesn't help me much because I need like more proof so I can be able to ask the judge for more years. You're like, your work counts, but usually it's going to be, since it's his first time, he's probably just going to get like maybe what, one or two years. Yeah. That's crazy. That's that's wild. One in two years. I don't know. I mean, that's I, I don't think that's enough because you still I mean, that's only giving you one or two years to actually be free, you know, yeah. to not have to worry about him coming around and stuff. And, uh, he and then, you know, yeah. And then, you know, how he carries counts like Harris counts like two for one days. So if it's yeah. a year, you know, you're only looking at six months. Wow. That's wild. That's and then like yeah. he got about six months. Yeah, right now he's been in there like six months sitting in jail. So I'm like, if you give him a year, you're telling me literally he's gonna be left off after court. I thought y'all, I thought I thought y'all had not y'all, but I thought as somebody suffering from this would have more protection. And yeah. you know, you know, it, it'll be like a big thing. But from yeah. what I'm hearing now, it's like you know, it's it's a tricky situation. Yeah, and then right now, the only thing they give you is while court is going on, they just give you like a temporary restraining order. They're like, temporary, he can contribute after court. They're like, after court, we will see if you keep the court or the restraining order or you got to apply for a new one. That's crazy. The system, I mean, the system seems frustrating. Yeah, it is. It is. That's why I want to make it to a panel one day to where I can um, speak and use my voice to help change laws and make certain laws go into place for certain circumstances. Because having a parent um, who is married with one child who's suffering physical abuse be uh, terrified about leaving the home because law enforcement saying something about technically where the child is allowed to be and not to go. But yet the child is witnessing physical abuse and is in a toxic area when the law is not siding with the parent to get the child and the the victim into safety. That's a problem to me. And that happens a lot. And, and we don't know about it until someone speaks about their circumstance, speak about their situation and what they're going through and how it happens, because otherwise it's not advertised in in black and white stories on papers or reading it just daily in the social media. It's like you have to catch people like Edith who's just being willing to state what's going on so that other people can understand, hey, this is what happens. Uh, I hope that you pick up a lesson from it so that you don't get into it or you can take something from my story and learn something from it. And then you want me to like to tell after, like they told me like legally, he told me that like, yeah, even though he did that to you legally, he has the same rights as you with the kids. Exactly. He, like you have like unless a court or a judge tells you otherwise he has the same rights as you with the kids so it's not like you can be like you're not seeing the kids well, like, you can do that. yeah because then that will put you at the level of uh fighting to have either the custody change or um being able to get a uh, super supervised visit only or no visitations at all yeah. but you have to get that done by the their lawyer to help make it happen. It is. It is. Yeah. It gets deep. It really does. And it's it's hard. And that's and so I guess uh Floyd, that kind of goes back to one of your questions where where you ask like what makes it so hard for a woman to get out of it? Because th this is the kind of stuff that goes through the head or if they get a glimpse of a story and they don't get the full story of a woman making it through and getting good progress out of the whole journey that she had to take, they're like well, I'm going through enough as it is. So instead of putting up a fight and going through all of that, mentally, sometimes they're too drained. 
They can't they can't put up the fight for that. That's hard. And not knowing about places like where Bonnie has available, not knowing things like that, that really makes them weary and discouraged. Yeah, How old is she? She's six. It, it, uh, is she going to therapy too? Also, yeah, I take her to therapy because it's okay. not logical for her. Like, it's, you know how a six year old will be like, "Hey, you know what? Yesterday I went to the park. I did this." She tells she tells anybody like, "Hey, remember that day my dad almost tried to shoot my mom?" And then she tells you all like all the details. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, being six, yeah, I guess that doesn't, you know, you don't know. I mean, you don't fully know what's going on, to be honest with you. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that's crazy. And the, the the way the system is, is even more crazy. I didn't even know the system was um, that's messed up. Like Terry said, the system's messed up. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know that's what y'all go through. To go through that as far as the abuse and they go through the system, it's like a failure. It's like. I'm at, it's a it's a failure to society, but yeah, like I said, yeah. Because my mind is like, if I have to share custody with this person, like, how do I know he's gonna give me my children back afterwards? I'm like, there's no guarantee that maybe he's like, he can be like, oh, because you did this, I'm gonna take it out on you, and I'm not gonna give you the kids back. I'm like, there's no guarantee you're gonna give me my kids back. Right. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, how do you put up the fight to say, this is what he told me. If you don't have it in text message to back it up or, you know, just on camera, then you really don't have any proof. And then they make it seem like you just want to make up stuff like that. And I know, you know, me personally, I'm like, who has time to make up things like that? Especially when or you're going through all that. Or you get the same thing that it's just like, well, what did you say? Exactly. Yeah. And that gets me more frustrating. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like I said, Edith, man, I'm, you know, I'm sad. I'm sad that you got to go through this, and you're still going through it. You still got a yeah. case going and everything. And uh, like I said, you showed your pictures in the hospital and and everything, and and for him to still almost get out, with him having a possibility to get out is yeah. Man, and then, I, yeah. and then I'm like, if he hadn't left for Florida, he will still have not get caught here. He will still be out. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's that's just wow. I mean, but I'm glad that uh oh, somebody's trying to call me. I hate when people. I I hate when people call me. I forgot to put my phone on Do Not Disturb. People mm -hmm. just I don't know what's going on. Why people I call do that too. <laughs> but uh, man, I'm glad you was able to come on the show and and. Absolutely. And share your story. I gotta. I mean, we gonna have to keep up with you and stuff. I'm gonna have to do maybe like a part two and bring you on to talk yeah. a little bit more because I mean, a lot of people still, uh, 
they're still asking questions and all kind of stuff. But I mean, I can't keep it all on two, three hours on there and stuff like that. But uh, you know, Edith, I thank you for coming on the show, telling your story, and uh, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to do another show and bring you back on because maybe you can say some more with both of y'all and help people out because I, I think this is way more important for this to be a one month awareness type thing for this to be a show just for this you know one episode I think this should be like something uh continuously so I thank you either for um coming on for a Friday night and stuff I know you got your kids and everything and, and you got some stuff to do thank you I appreciate and I'm gonna keep in contact with you and uh and um maybe you and Brittany can trade like info and y'all can uh you know, connect and help out other women. Absolutely. I'm for it. All right. Thank you, Edith. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Uh, Edith had, um, yeah, like I said, I found Edith from uh, IG. And uh, she shared oh. a story. She shared a story and uh, uh, she was showing like a lot of pictures, like stop, stop the violence, you know, no means no. She showed her pictures in the hospital mm. and, uh, and so when I reached out to her and I, I told her what I was doing and um, she reached back and she said, yeah, I don't have a problem and all that. And, uh, you know, I and that's why I wanted Bonnie to meet you. I wanted Edith to meet you, because, like I said, from you being from this area and you being passionate about this, because this is something serious. Uh, I just think like as much resources that you can have, you know, to help more people, because Bonnie even said Bonnie, Bonnie hit me and told me like, uh, I gotta read it. She just said, like, you know, she wants your information and stuff like that. So y'all, <laughs> but uh, making good things happen. I told you you were awesome. I told you this. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, hopefully, and like, like she said, like, uh, as far as like the females or whoever, maybe some males. I don't know. She said they do Absolutely. have men. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can do like a drive as far as getting uh, like a toy drive and like some clothing and stuff for these ladies because. You know, say so she is right. They are leaving the house. You know, what I'm saying, just hey, I got to go. They're not just packing up, taking their time, and with you know, nothing. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's, it's not a good feeling having to do a fresh start. I can tell you that having to do a fresh start, starting from scratch with nothing, but you got mouths depending on you that you have to feed and keep going and keep yourself mentally, you know, there, it, it takes a lot. So I'm excited to know about that because I'm one person who likes to do donations. Mm -hmm. I like to uh, share things like that. So I really would, I'm really big about, I would love to do that, do something to where we can contribute to them. Yeah, no doubt. Cause you like to, like, like you were saying, nobody, nobody wants to start over, you right. know, that's hard starting over. I mean, some people don't even like moving, like when they got to right. move. Yeah. So I mean, just to start completely over. I mean, yeah, that right. is. But like, uh, yeah, hopefully we can. Not hopefully, but um, pretty soon we can get together and we could do maybe like a um, a clothing drive, Absolutely. and you know, coming up and maybe we could do like a toy drive and stuff like that. So, Absolutely. Uh, I also thank you for coming on and stuff like that. And I got to get that information. Uh, I guess I'll just you know hit you with the information in your inbox what Bonnie was saying. Okay. So you can. Uh, connect and uh you know build a good bond and stuff like that because i i see you doing great things with them also yes yes I'm so excited. what you got going on as far as like the not silent while we to end the show off 
with not silent you want to talk about october what i got going on yeah what are you yeah what do you got going on with not silent and the page like the people can reach on not silent page and all that right so uh i opened up not silent um i opened it up for voices i you know of course i opened the door for people to come on themselves such as if i would have met edith and you know if i would have been able to see her story or something like that either i would have shared it on tonight's silence page or i would have invited her to come on so you can come on yourself you can share information you can uh, share your story you can learn from it i do uh i'm a firm believer in god so i'm always keeping him first and promoting his glory to help people understand without him it makes it harder but with him all things are possible um and then also i I well before COVID was going on, I was going to different locations. I was going to different conferences. I was going to different schools and speaking to students. Um, so I'm open to ideas too. You know, just if the if someone in the world thinks about, hey, we need to be doing this. I'm very big about ideas of just helping people. As you can see, I'm passionate with it. So. Um, and then for the month of October, this is the things that I'm doing, especially since Corona is going around, trying to do virtual things, but still do a, do something to help people just capture their attention and to make them think about something, put out a question that they always been wondering, because you're not the only person thinking about that question or wanting to answer to something that you never got a full understanding to. And um, doing a lot of different things in October, period, just trying to keep it up, keep people tuned in. Yeah, I'm going to have to... Uh... I'm gonna have to send Edith. Yeah, I mean, get your Edith information. So, like yeah. you said, she can come on and she could talk on your live and on your page and and share her story and what she's going through, um, because she's still going through it. She's she's still fighting the case and everything, so she don't know what's gonna happen with old boy. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to get the, all this information to you. It's a lot of information I gotta get to. <laughs> yeah, because Bonnie, she was she was sharing a lot of stuff. I said, okay, because I couldn't, I didn't have a pen by me. I was like, I'm slacking, but I'm gonna go yeah. back and rewind, and I was just gonna be able to write it all down because she gave me a lot of helpful sources. And um, even with Edith, though, about the um, she calls it Nam, I think, or yeah, Nam, with something the, like that. that. Paper yes, yes, that's dope. right, right. Yeah, and that that's 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 the stuff that I feel like I need for when people reach out to me because it it gives them the encouragement. It helps them believe that it can happen, that there's a way. Exactly. Yeah, no doubt. So um, I'm in the show. I thank you for coming on. I'm gonna get you that thank information. You for having me. Yes. And uh, and, and we go come. We go try to collab with some stuff too. Absolutely. I feel like this is the beginning. It was nice leaking up with you. I surely yeah, do appreciate no doubt, this no opportunity. Doubt. And kudos to you for allowing people to just become aware and pointing this out. This this is a, a very cherishable moment, not just to myself, but to victims, to survivors, to abusers. You are helping so many people right now and you have no idea. And it was just because you, you made this happen. So you're awesome. Keep it up. Keep doing hey, great things. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that and stuff yeah. like that. So anyway, you know, I'm gonna get you that information to get you yeah. all what you need. And I thank you for coming on. Maybe we could come, maybe we could do something later on, but in a month or whatever. I know you got you got a lot of stuff that you're rocking out. So you just slide uh, on in. You tell me what day, and I'm, I'm gonna slide <laughs> it on the calendar. <laughs> all right, I thank you for coming on the show. No problem. You're welcome. Y'all have a good night. All right, thanks, Britt. Bye. Hey, another dope show, y'all. This was a this was a pretty good show. I ain't gonna lie, I was very in tune to this show. I was, I I could have talked to them for another two three hours, but I'm not gonna do that because they busy. They got other things going on. 
But we had Bonnie, we had Edith, we had Brittany with some dope guests. Um, y'all share this page. It's also on YouTube. Uh, and like I said, man, I think for I thank everybody for tuning in. I thank all my guests for coming on. I thank everybody who was asking questions and who was just paying attention, man. You know, this is your boy, Floyd, West African Floyd, from the kickback. And we got another dope show. The next show next week, I think it's going to be like a mental health. So we went from domestic abuse right now until next week we're going with mental health. So it's going to be a mental health show. So we're going to try to like, you know, correlate with that. But anyway, I thank y'all for, uh, thank y'all for tapping in, man. Y'all enjoy this weekend. Y'all be safe out there. If y'all know somebody that's going through a domestic abuse relationship, uh, have them watch the show or they have numbers that they can reach out to and get help. And the help is free. The help is free. Some of this help helps them get jobs, helps them go to back to school, helps them get their own place. So they, they're not going to just be, you know, dependent on the guy that's abusing them or the female that's abusing them. So I thank everybody for tapping in. I'm a holler at y'all. Y'all be safe. One love.